much. Good morning. Well, I'm sorry I didn't get a chance to get around and greet you, shake your hands this morning. Maybe you got the notification that uh, I'm radioactive this morning. And so my superpower is that I can touch myself and nothing happens. But if you touch me, it's danger. So don't do that. I told Corey, I said, you got to send out some kind of a notification and let people know that um, it's not good to be around me right now. So um, you should be safe, though, as long as you're not touching this <laughs> or me. So um, It's First Fruit Sunday, and uh, I, I brought Kleenex with me, which is a good idea. But it was my eyes that were watering and not my nose running. And I just, there's something that, you know, kind of gets me emotional when you hear people talk about what God's done in their lives. I've been thinking about that a great deal this week as I was preparing to talk to you this morning, share with you what God's been uh, doing in my heart this week. Uh, but... First fruits is all about giving our first and our best to God. The beautiful thing is that God gives his first and best to us in Jesus, in his Holy Spirit, and in the, the marvelous ways. In fact, I, I like to say, God bless you. Have a blessed day. But I found myself uh, with those who have the patience with me I find myself saying, may God open your eyes to see all the blessings he has in store for you today. Because God is a blessing God. So it's not so much about twisting his arm to bless you. Open your eyes, open your heart to see the blessings all about you. One of the blessings that I have really enjoyed uh, since I came since I was called to Grace Community Church is Rebecca Post. Uh, Rebecca Post has served faithfully in our church office for over 28 years. Rebecca commands a very broad job description that calls for significant technical expertise. Uh, she manages our website, our social media, our bulletins, our graphic design, and more, and the more includes whoever needs her and whatever needs her attention. That can be anything. Uh, so it is with, additionally, as I had already mentioned, uh, I keep dabbing my eyes this morning with mixed feelings that we announced that Rep Rebecca will retire next year, May, at the end of May 2019. Uh, she's been such a faithful fixture in our office. She's been a dear colleague and a dear friend to me. And I know I speak for others. We will miss her when that time comes. We're not rushing her at all. Replacing her will be impossible. But we are in the miracle business. We serve a God who does the impossible. 
So uh, we will be praying about that. We're excited for Rebecca and the advent of this new season in her life. She has shared with us that she foresees a variety of ministry opportunities opening to her that her responsibilities and involvement with us have not uh, allowed her. Uh, when that time comes, we look forward to celebrating her as well as the new beginning in her life. Rebecca is a perfect example of faithful service. This hasn't been a job to her. It's been a ministry, one that has touched us all. And Rebecca has served Grace Community uh, and the Lord with great spirit and giving of her very first and best to the Lord. So thank you, Rebecca. Our sobering saying this morning is, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. I'd like to read a little bit of what surrounds that saying, and so I'm gonna read verses 32 through 34 of Luke chapter 12. And this is very tender. Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the needy. Provide yourselves with money bags that do not grow old, with a treasure in the heavens that does not fail where no thief approaches and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. I've heard this misquoted, perhaps you have too. I've heard it said this way, where your heart is, there will your treasure be also. Uh, that makes a certain sense, but it's really not convertible. And by convertible, um, in John's first letter, he says, God is love. Convertible would mean God is love, love is God. But it's not convertible. Love is God is not the same as love. God is love is not the same as love is God. And in the same way, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also, cannot be reversed. It makes, as I said, a certain sense because the heart is so important. In fact, we've heard it used significantly this morning already. Even if we can't sum up the heart and all the ways that contemporarily we use it, hear it used, uh, the depth of meaning that's attached to it, uh, not to mention all that the Old Testament adds to our understanding, and even Jesus' use of it here. We do know that when we speak of the heart, we are speaking of the vital person, the vital me, the vital you. Everything in our private world, all that we are, ever hope to be, all our choices, achievements, memories, influence, our very place in this life, stop or go because our heart beats. 
It's that vitality that's always a part of the way we speak about the heart. Naturally, then, um, it's the essential you. And so we say things like this, follow your heart, trust your heart, listen to your heart, put your heart into it, have your heart set on it. What is your heart telling you? In the Old Testament, there are 814 uses of heart that are used of the human heart. 814, that's quite a sampling to figure out what the heart is. If you look at all 814 of the uses, well, the heart is associated with our mental and spiritual life, our feelings, desires, yearnings, our understanding, insight, reason, and reflection. The power of our judgment, intention, decisions, direction, plans, actions, our will, our volition, our devotion, love and obedience, our disposition. Sometimes it's said, you have a hard heart or you have a heart of flesh in the Old Testament, a heart of stone. Heart stands for the essential, the actual you. You, the you that only God can fully know. No wonder Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, gives us a father's advice to his child. He says this, guard your heart with all vigilance, with the utmost care. For from it flow the springs of of life, the very sources of life. No wonder Jesus says, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Because what we treasure captivates our hearts, becomes a boss of sorts, an attractive one, of course, but a boss nonetheless. And I hope that your treasure is a good boss. The high cost of a bad boss is truly a rude awakening. Some don't know what it is to have a bad boss, but I can tell you it's better to have a bad job with a good boss than a good job with a bad boss. In a way, Jesus is saying here, interview your treasure before you hire out your heart. Guard your heart. Guard your heart. Treasure can be treacherous. Treasure can be treacherous. The heart, for that reason, needs guarding. The heart needs guarding, and we see this really in verse 34. It's implied. Jesus is saying, your heart is going to follow your treasure, so choose your treasure wisely. That's because the heart is the seat of human yearning. And treasure, by definition, is the fulfillment of our highest yearnings. We monetize that. We translate it to money to put a value on it. 
but basically it's our yearnings at work. Not all treasure is true treasure. What is your standard of treasure? I have a 1958 Topps Willie Mays, very good to excellent condition baseball card here. I've never looked up the value of it. This morning, by the way, when I was driving in, there were no stoplights at the intersection. Man, it was fast getting to work. (laughs) And when I did, I figured out why all the stoplights were were out, because there was a major power failure here. So uh, no Wi-Fi. And this morning I had wanted to get online and find out what my 1958 Willie Mace Topps baseball card is worth. You know, it's an interesting thing. If I ask you, what's it worth to you? What would you be willing to give me? I can tell you what they value it at according to the standard and basically that goes to the I just, the scarcity. Sometimes value depends on scarcity. Do you know, I found out this morning because I texted Corey, I said, would you find out how much this card is worth? Well, he told me $205. But then I checked it out later. It's only 75 But if I truly asked you, let's just imagine the whole world is represented right here. The whole world, okay? Everybody on planet Earth. Is there one person here that would be interested in my Willie Mays card? One person. Two, three, four, five, six. And, you know, then what would you be willing to give me for it? Would you, would you buy it for $75 if I wanted to get the market value? But then there's this side to the whole thing. I wouldn't sell it for 75. I wouldn't even sell it for 205. Why is that? Because it's the yearning of my heart. I have connections with Willie Mays. Watching him play as a kid in person, shaking his hand, having things autographed by him recognizing that many would say he's he's one of the greatest players to play the game. So $75 doesn't mean what this is worth to me. I wish I could afford more expensive cards. But it helps us to immediately appreciate what we're talking about when we're talking about treasure and why Jesus says, where your treasure is, your heart will be. And that means we need to be very careful about what we treasure. We need to know if it's real or true treasure, don't we? Because treasure varies from person to person. And true treasure goes up in value. And do you know why that is? Well, scarcity Availability, Uh, a market, there's got to be a market. It might be very small. 
But there's another thing that isn't uh, calculated, and that is the value that the heart places upon it. In 1973, I'd been dating Shelley maybe a month, month and a half. It was August. Our first date was June 30th of that year. And uh, she, our cousin, and his to-be wife uh, drove me up to Kennedy Meadows where I began an 85-mile solo trip to Yosemite Valley. I had planned to do it in nine days. I did it in five. My last day, I hiked 22 miles because Shelley was waiting for me in Yosemite. But along the way, I had taken a little New Testament, a Gideon's New Testament, Proverbs and Psalms, and I was reading in the Proverbs one afternoon after finishing the day's hike, and I read Proverbs 13.12. This is what Proverbs 13.12 says. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a desire fulfilled is a tree of life. That touched me very deeply. I began to pray because in reading that, I thought God was speaking to me. Hope deferred makes a heart sick, but a hope fulfilled is a tree of life. Shelley is my hope fulfilled. I asked her to marry based on the reading of that verse. I hustled to Yosemite to ask her to marry me. But the interesting thing is, not only does that give you some sense of the great value she is, because all of these years that we have been together, she is my hope fulfilled. I continue to thank God for her. Her value as a a tree of life goes up, not down. It increases, it does not decrease. And this takes work sometimes. You have to know up here the true value because in the eyes of the world, her value is going down. As we age, our value goes down because when we're young, youth is currency. Beauty is currency, vitality, health, all currency. But there are things that age and grow with maturity and value, and that's the heart. And you have a lot to do with what you do with your heart and how you train it and how you fix it upon true treasure. Shelley is a true treasure. God is a true treasure. Shelley is a true treasure because God is my true treasure. And he teaches me what to value. And that's what Jesus is doing in this passage. He doesn't tell us here what true treasure is, but he tells us where we can find it. He tells us its location. He says it's in heaven, it's in the kingdom of God. So what he is saying is, take your heart to the kingdom of God. It'll go where you go. Invest your life in the kingdom of God, in the things of heaven. 
Or as Paul says in Colossians 3.1, set your eyes on the things that are above where God is. Jesus is our standard and we voluntarily follow him. And he's the one who sets the value on true treasure for us. Jesus also tells us there's another way to find riches. Riches beyond our wildest dreams. And that is, the heart needs giving. True treasure, says Jesus, is giving. You know what he says here in verse 33? He says, sell your stuff. Sell your stuff. Why? So you can give. That, that's, that's it right there. See, it's not... We're thinking of what we're giving up or what it's doing, but what he's saying is sell your stuff so you can give because giving is so good for your heart. Giving is how we store, not spend. That's what he says. He says when you're giving, you're storing, you're not spending. You think you're spending, you think you're losing. No, he says you're storing and you're saving. You're amassing, he says. What, what else does he say about giving here? He says, give, but not to get. Give, but not to get. How does he, where does he say that, you say? Well, he says, give to the poor, because it's the poor that can't give anything back. They're the ones, when you give to the poor, you're giving to somebody in a way that is to give only and not to get not to get a return, not to get some kind of favor back. It's not a hire, it's just giving. That's why the poor is mentioned here, because they can't be a benefit to us when we give. It's just pure giving. And then he also says giving is securing true wealth. It's storing, not spending, it's giving, not to get, and it's securing true wealth. He says, this is how you make a purse that never wears out. You know what happens to purses that wear out? And I'm not thinking of mom's purses. This would be like, um, I think more like Robin Hood who has a little leather bag, you know. But you have these purses or bags in which you carry things, and they wear with time, and you wouldn't want a worn one because then the values could actually fall out of the purse and be lost. And Jesus says, this is a, when you give, when you have a giving heart, when you give not to get, but you give because you just want to amass what's really important in a heavenly, divine, godly way. When you do that, he says, it'll never be lost. You're making a purse that never gets old. You're engaging in heavenly banking with interest, and he says, you're storing in a place that is beyond a thief. A thief cannot even get near. And he says, a moth cannot eat it up. Because a lot of times, wealth was invested in 
clothing that was very valuable, and the moths would get a hold of it and destroy it. Jesus says, nah, nah, not when you give the way I'm telling you to give. So, you know, I think if you want to sell everything and give to the poor, I, I would, you know, I would encourage that because Jesus did. But that's certainly the target. And I, I want you, I, I know it's been on my heart a lot this week, and I, I hope it'll continue to be on my heart. Sometimes you have to liquidate things to do the right thing. That's what he's saying. You've got to liquidate or you can't give. And there are needs sometimes that should take priority, and, and you should get rid of that stuff so you can give and have true true treasure in heaven. That is the giving heart that's the vital action in view here because your heart is where your treasure is. Earthly treasure captures the heart, but giving it up proves our heart has true treasure in heaven. What does this reevaluation of worth and wealth do to the heart? Think about that. It's a serious question. If we start to reevaluate worth and wealth, what does that do to our heart? Does it improve it? I think it changes the heart. And that change means you change because you are your heart. Everything about you is your heart. It means that you grasp the vast treasure God put up in setting your worth at the price of his son. It means you, the real you, the true you, have become to believe and have set your heart close to God's. Your heart is closer to his heart when you set your heart on the kingdom and its treasure. You've traded material things for spiritual abundance, and that abundance shows in a giving heart. And this is the last thing I'm going to say. You have, you, the real you, you have obtained in doing this, you have obtained a heart of gold. You have obtained a heart of gold. Guard your heart with God's kingdom. Guard your heart. Treasure can be treacherous unless it's heavenly treasure that we seek. Can you stand with me? We have an awful lot to be thankful for. It'd be wonderful, wouldn't it, if uh, we could figure out a way to hear from everyone that's standing here a little bit about your life and what God's done. 
He's a good God. He put a price tag on you. Oh. He's worth willing to pay for you. You're so valuable to him. His one and only son. That's that, that's what your baseball card goes for, so to speak. <laughs> that's uh, out of this world. I hope you'll start there and uh, reflect on that because it's uh, something that belongs to the heart and that should be, be guarded. Because from your heart flow the springs of life. And that's where God wants to work, in your heart. Heavenly Father, thank you for your Son. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. Thank you for one another. How much are we worth when we're all together? All this priceless wealth gathered to worship you and praise your holy name to elevate you and say thank you. You have given us your first and best, and we adore you. In Jesus' name, and all of God's people said, 